Good morning, church. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we are so excited that you are joining us this morning. Today's scripture is in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, and the title of my sermon is called Forgiveness. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this beautiful morning, and we thank you, God, for our faith, and we thank you, God, for the opportunity to come together, God, by the use of this technology, God, to bring us all together, regardless of whether where we are physically, to be able to come and enjoy this time of fellowship with you, enjoy this time of praise and worship, and also to be fed by your word. We ask, Holy One, that you prepare us this morning, open our ears, open our hearts, prepare our spirit, God, so that we may receive freely, God, what you have for us this morning. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. The scripture reading again is in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. And it says this, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children, and all that he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay what that, that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. You know, we have continued, we continue in the book of Matthew, and it has really been um, kind of life-changing experience uh, for us as we've journeyed through the book of Matthew. And we really have gone into a much deeper dive each week to fully understand um, these scriptures. Uh, we have looked at Jesus' miracles. We have defined the relationship by answering Jesus's question, who do you say that I am? We have learned that the words that come out of our mouths reveal what is in our hearts. We have learned that conflict is inevitable and the importance of dealing with conflict. And today we're gonna to talk about the doctrine of forgiveness. You know, the doctrine of forgiveness um, is, is one that I think we struggle with. We understand the doctrine of salvation, right? And how we receive forgiveness by what Jesus did on the cross uh, to eliminate our debt, just as the Lord um, did with that slave. 
So we're good with that. We're good and we like the fact that we are forgiven. But we struggle with the other side of forgiveness where we then have to forgive others. You know, when we say the Lord's Prayer, we said, forgive us of our debts, of our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. But somehow, that seems to be a challenge. And so it begs the question, why? Why, if we are good with our own forgiveness, unmerited, undeserved, then why is it so hard for us to forgive others? And I think that sometimes it is because we subscribe to the idea that revenge is delicious. That, that we think that, that revenge feels good. We, we think that if, if we um, hold on to unforgiveness, if, if we hold on to that grudge, like, like we, we think that we're holding on to some power. There's something intense about nursing a grudge. You know, some people hold on to a grudge for a lifetime. Even though we hate what they did to us and how they hurt us, we find something intense about licking our wounds. I know we all struggle with this. So today we look at this parable of the two debtors and listen to what the Holy Spirit has to teach us this morning. Today we're going to look at three life application points that will help us better understand this scripture and better apply this scripture into our lives, the doctrine of forgiveness. So the first life application point is offenses are inevitable. You know, last week we heard and uh, we learned that conflict was inevitable. And today, um, here we are saying offenses are inevitable. Now, it's not the same thing. Conflict means we have a difference in opinions. Um, and sometimes it could be um, the difference is so great that it is hard for us to, to be um, united or be in symphony, right? So we learned that last week. However, offenses is different. Offenses means that I did something to you or you did something to me. I sinned against you and you or you sinned against me. I did something that hurt you or you did something that hurt me. And so the reality is you, it is impossible to live and not get offended or not offend others. It is impossible. All you have to do sometimes is just show up and somebody could be offended. Sometimes we say something and, and we might not mean it, but some people might get offended. And this is the same thing with us. Sometimes someone with absolutely no intentions of offending us and we still get offended. Now, some people do it intentionally and, and, and today we're not talking about that. But the reality is that that is, is it. Offenses are inevitable. And so, so the first thing that we need to do as we look at, at how we apply this, how we handle this, is to know that, that that's the inevitable and to know that it's going to happen and not be surprised or get caught off guard with it, but then know how to deal with it, know how to overcome it, because ultimately that's what we want to do. So look at Peter here. Peter asked Jesus the question, how many times shall I forgive my brother? How many times should I forgive that person that sins against me? And Peter says, seven times. And so the, the interesting thing here is that Peter, I think, thought he was being generous by saying seven times. Because during that time, the rabbis used to teach that you just had to forgive three times. 
three offenses is all that was required for you to forgive. And so when Peter says seven, well, Peter was being pretty generous here, right? I mean, the rabbis have been teaching three. Should I do it seven times? And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, let me tell you something. This is not a mathematical solution. This is a theological one. Because I know some of you, I know some of you have already figured this one out, right? 70 times seven, you know, Pastor, I got it, it's 490 times. And some of you might right now be looking at your spouse and say, Jesus says I have to forgive 490 times and you've already had, you're already at 485, buddy, so you better be careful and tread lightly. So I hate to break it to you, but that's not what this means. This is not a mathematical equation. This is a theological solution. And the truth is, if we understand the gospel, then we understand that there is no limit. Because just like we have been forgiven and our sins have been erased, it is the same concept that Jesus modeled for us. And so, so the truth is, when, when we forgive, then, you know, it's, it's like starting over again. And so then you forgive again, and then it's, it's like starting over again. But this is the thing that we need to understand that we are both, we're also recipients of that same grace. And just like we have to forgive others, we also are probably daily getting forgiven as well. But ultimately, we were forgiven of that greatest debt. For all have sinned, Scripture says. All have sinned. And so, and we know what the penalty for that is. But Jesus paid the ultimate price for our forgiveness. And he has modeled that for us. So, so scripture also tells us that love does not keep record. So listen, if we have been forgiven much, if we understand that when you forgive, you pretty much start over again. And when we understand that we're not supposed to keep a record, then that number, 70 times 7, that 490 is irrelevant. The reality is, if we understand the gospel, that we understand that there is no limit. Now, let me say this. It's not about indulgence. It's not about saying, you know, we, we should be allow people to walk all over us. It's not about saying that we should be um, accept abuse. In fact, last week we learned about the importance of church discipline. So this is not what this is talking about. But this is talking about us understanding the doctrine of salvation, understand what that means to us, and living out the doctrine of forgiveness because it correlates Forgiveness correlates to our salvation. So listen, today, let's just agree that offenses are going to happen. And that, that the best thing for us to do is, is to understand that, to know that it's going to happen, and also understand that it's not personal. You know, when we look at the situation, sometimes, you know, many times it says more about where those individuals are than where we are. You know, hurt people hurt people. And so some people might might just hurt others, might offend us, and that's because they don't know how else to handle something. So so today I invite you to, to always remember that we are recipients of that grace, that we have been forgiven much. And and so that makes it makes it easier for us to be able 
to forgive others. And see, this is very important, church, because here's our second life application point. We cannot give what we do not have. And ultimately, I think that's a question that we must answer. Why am I struggling so much to forgive somebody? Why do I find it difficult to forgive somebody? And it could it be that we haven't fully received the forgiveness that has been given to us, that has been paid for on the cross? Could it be that we haven't forgiven ourselves uh, for some things that we could that we could have done? Because when we fully understand forgiveness, when we take our sins seriously, and when we take the gospel seriously, then let me tell you something. We fully understand how forgiven we are. And then we are then able to give not just forgiveness, but give it freely. Give that grace. Church, listen, don't, you don't want to miss this. I'm not minimizing the struggle. I'm not minimizing the pain. I'm not minimizing what happened. I am sure all of us can justify fully why we feel the way we feel. But I am here to speak to you as a pastor and to tell you that, that it is not optional. I get it. And, and we can talk about how you got here. And we can talk about what happened and how much it hurts. But ultimately, it is not optional. <clears throat> you know, one of the examples that um, I learned in, in my studies is a, a professor said, you know, we must think of forgiveness. And when somebody is in a, in a state of unforgiven, unforgiveness, when somebody is in that, that place of, of, of not wanting to forgive, it's like somebody that's in a house that is burning. And, and there could be a lot of reasons on why they don't want to get out of that house. It, you know, we, we could come to somebody and say, you need to forgive and, and you need to get out of this house that's burning. And they could tell you, well, this house was in my family for so many generations. This is a house that I grew up in. This is a house that belonged to my grandparents and then my parents. This is a house that, that it took a lot of sacrifice to build. And all those things could be true. But the truth is also that the house is burning and that if we don't get out of there, that you're going to be severely hurt or killed. So what we need to do is we need to help those individuals get out of that burning house. We can deal with all the questions and all the issues later, but for right now, we just need to get out of that house. So the first step is that we need to understand how dangerous being in a state of unforgiveness is and how important it is for our own sake, for our family's sake, for Christ's sake, for us to get out and understand that it is not optional. When we understand that it is not optional, then we are ready to, to take that next step towards that, that place of healing, that place of restoration, that place of even reconciliation. So here are some questions that I have received in the short time that I have been a pastor. What if they don't ask for forgiveness? Why should I forgive someone when they haven't even apologized? And listen, there are two parts to forgiveness. One is the extension, 
the part that we give, and one is the reception, the part that they receive. Now, ideally, it would be great if we could combine the two because that leads to reconciliation. But what we're talking about here, what Jesus is talking about in this particular scripture is about the extension. The same extension that was granted to us is the same extension that we need to grant to others. So it is not conditional and whether they receive it or not is not conditional on whether they ask for forgiveness or not. It is not optional. Our part is to extend the same forgiveness that we have received. Now remember, we've already cleared it out, right? We cannot give what we do not have. But now we understand what we have. We understand what we have been given. And so that's why that same um, grace, that same extension needs to be able to be extended to others. So what if they don't ask for forgiveness? That's between them and God. Our part is to extend that forgiveness. What happens if I choose not to forgive? What happens if I choose to stay in that burning house? I understand that, that it's dangerous, but you know, and, and there was a time when I could understand that fully, trust me. There was a time when, when there was so much brokenness in my life that, that for unforgiveness seemed like it was something that was worth holding on to. But as we grow in our relationship with God, as we take our sin seriously and His grace seriously and the gospel seriously, then we understand we can't stay there. That doesn't mean that we have figured out how to, how to make that happen, but the first step is understanding that we must. And when I think about, I remember the first time that, that, that I was asked that question, what happens if I choose not to forgive? And to me, that's almost like saying, you know, you're in the doctor's office and the doctor tells you you have cancer. But listen, it's operable. We can, can go to surgery and we can take it out and you will be fine. And it's like us choosing not to do it. We're told you have cancer, it's operable, we can get it out. And, and imagine if we sit there and say, no, I don't want you to do that. It's going to kill us. And then that's the truth. That's the reality. Unforgiveness will kill us. It will kill our relationships and, and it will severely impact our relationship with God. So, so we must understand that unforgiveness is not, a, is not an option for us as Christians. And let me tell you something, we can, we can justify it and we can even think it's just admirable. <clears throat> Listen, let me share a little bit of my story. I used to believe, and some of you know me, from some time back, this is before I was uh, answering my calling, but I used to be one that thought we need to set it straight. We need to, we need to set things straight. And, 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 and if you did something to me, then you can rest assured that that means I have got to do something back to you. That's just, that's just the way life is. You do this to me, I will do it to you. I believe that you're supposed to set things straight. Let me tell you the other thing that, and this is why I thought it was admirable. 
because I was even okay if you did something to me because I hurt you first. Because you know what? I understood the way the game was played. And so when it, when it came back to me, I honestly, and I thought this was very mature of me to say, well, I deserved it. Well, I did it. I hurt that person. I lied to that person. I cheated on that person. And so you know what? I get what I deserve. And what a miserable way to live, church. We can think even that it's admirable, but it is not. The reality is when we get on that mindset is just screaming out how afraid we are how scared we are because we understand how it hurts and we don't want to hurt. You know, the other part that is, that is, that is so serious about this, and that's why the cycle will just lead to, to complete destruction, is because studies have shown that when you do something to me, payback is usually not at the same degree or same level Payback is usually worse than the first offense. So, so, so think about that for a second. You offended me. I am now going to offend you back. And the reality is, studies have shown us, that my offense back to you is going to be worse than what you did to me. And so now think about that cycle. Now, now it's your turn, and then it's my turn, and we get to the point where we can be pretty bruised up and pretty beat up. If we chose not to forgive, then it's only going to build up resentment and bitterness. And it will impact our ability to be in relationship with others. Listen, bitterness does not hide well. And yes, I've heard the term misery loves company, but the, the truth is many of us would rather not be around someone who is angry and bitter. Bitterness does not hide well. And the message for you today is that it is not necessary for us to stay there. Listen, unforgiveness shackles us to our past. Unforgiveness, when we, when we get in that, in that mindset, we incarcerate ourselves and we give the key to the other person. You've heard this term before. We drink the poison expecting that the other person is going to die but it will also severely impact our relationship with God. You know, sometimes we think information, if, I, if only I knew why. But here's something that's important. We might not know why someone might do um, something that hurts us. We might not know why, but what we do know is who has given us the authority and the ability to forgive. The same way he forgave us is the same way we can forgive others. <clears throat> it will severely impact our relationship with God. And here's the third life application point. The cross is enough. The good news is that we already have absolutely everything that we need to forgive. 
You know, listen, we're not pending some last piece, some last item. We're not, we're not waiting for that last piece of the puzzle to complete this. No, we've already got everything that we need. We already have the ability. He already has demonstrated to us how to do it. We have already been recipients. We have enjoyed the blessings of being forgiven. So we already have everything that we need. You are not lacking anything to be able to take that first step towards healing. And, and, and restoration in our lives. Why is this important? You know, verse 35 says, my heavenly father will also do the same to you. Remember, he, was, he sent the slave to the torturers. If each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, he's not talking about salvation. We have been forgiven and we have been justified before God. But he's talking about restoration. Our restoration with God. Listen, when we refuse to forgive others, we are going to be tortured with our own unforgiveness. We are going to be tortured every day reliving the situation, reliving the insult, reliving the offense. And here, Jesus is saying, it is not necessary. I don't want you to go through that. That is not what I have for you. I didn't go to the cross so you can continue to torture yourself by these past offenses. We need to understand that when we hold on to unforgiveness, it will severely impact our relationship with God. <clears throat> There's something else that I need to caution us about. Because I've heard this said many times. Do not subscribe to the mentality of, I will forgive, but I'll never forget. Have you heard that one? Okay, I'll forgive. But let me tell you something right now, I will never forget. And I, I will challenge you today if that really is forgiveness. <clears throat> because, because positionally, Maybe, maybe we're right. Positionally, you know, I am forgiven and, and, I, and I am saved. But theologically, spiritually, I don't know that we're in the right place. Because when we say, I will never forget, that means that we're not fully understanding the gospel. Listen, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to forgive you of your sins, but I'll never forget them. In fact, he says, it's like they're thrown in the middle of the ocean where, where, where they're never going to be seen again. So if we fully understand the gospel, we fully understand that that is not an option. I will forgive, but I will never forget. It's not a direction that we want to take. Listen, that has killed many marriages, many families, many friendships, many friendships that could have otherwise been restored. But it doesn't happen because we refuse to let go. Will you let go today? Will you stop dwelling on the past and be excited about the future? 
full of healing and hope and restoration. Scripture says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Are you ready to let go today so that you can walk into that future full of hope? Are you ready to move towards the restoration of our relationship with God? This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Unforgiveness keeps us stuck in the past. We allow life to pass us by and we fail to see the future with hope. But today I invite you to take that step towards your own healing. Let go of the past and be excited about the future. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Father God, that, that through your Holy Spirit, we, we hear this message, God, with loving words. And we see the love, God, all surround, that it surrounds this message, God, to understand that the, the importance of this message is because it is the best that you have for us. Because you went to the cross so that we could receive that forgiveness, so that we could live a life of abundance, so that we can live a life of wholeness, so that we can be re-restored, God. We know that unforgiveness is not the best that you have for us, but we also thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything that we need. We are already fully equipped to forgive. So we thank you for the forgiveness that we have received through our salvation. We thank you because we have exactly what we need so that we can be graceful to others. And today, God, we thank you because we can feel the shackles coming off, God. Today, we can hear the doors of our, uh, that the, we have been incarcerated, that have been incarcerating us for so long, God. We, we hear those doors open today and we walk out of the past and into our future. With you, a future of wholeness, a future of healing, of restoration and reconciliation. We thank you today because the cross was enough. And for God, for that, I thank you. I thank you in advance for the families that will be reconciled. I thank you in advance for the marriages that will be restored. I thank you in advance for the wholeness, God, that we will be able to reach spiritually and holistically, God, in our own lives. We thank you for this message. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for your amazing grace. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning. It is our prayer, as it is every Sunday, that this message was a blessing to you. I invite you to visit our website, uh, nb-ccc.org, and you will find some information about our church. I invite you to um, join our virtual Bible study. If you go to the calendar of events on our website and you go to Wednesdays, you will see a link there to join our virtual Bible study. We invite you to our Spanish services at nine o'clock in the morning on Sundays, and then our children's ministry service, which is awesome. I so enjoy watching our children's um, services immediately after this. 
It also gives you the opportunity when you visit our website to give of your love offerings and your tithing. You know, as I was um, preparing for this sermon, um, I, there's a plaque that I have in my office that was given to me uh, by one of our uh, members. And, and I, I have it in my office because I think um, it's important that, that I be reminded of this da daily. But it says, don't look back. You're not going that way. So today I invite you to go to walk towards the future and to remember to not look back because you're not going that way. God bless you.